Good morning, everybody. This is episode two of Driving with a Real Estate Investor 2020. This morning, I'm uh, touching on a question I get asked often, and it's uh, how the hell do you buy <clears throat> real estate for free? Um, if you've listened to my previous episode, uh, I was touching base on this a little bit. So basically, the scenario I was in was uh, I didn't have any money and um, I wanted to buy real estate. So I knew that there were creative ways to find real estate and you could find money and private investors and this and that. So I started looking around at the mortgage companies that offer second and third mortgages. Um, upon trying to get a mortgage for another property I was looking at, uh, the gentleman on the phone, which happened to be the owner of the company, said that they had a property that uh, they had taken back in foreclosure. Uh, for uh, they were holding the second mortgage and the owner of the home wasn't paying so they uh, took it back as a foreclosure um, so what was going on now is they've been trying to sell it for about two years um, they've been paying all the bills on the property all the taxes and they've been paying the first mortgage for two years so they were losing a lot of money on this property and basically didn't want it anymore he was looking to get rid of it of it any way he could uh, so I went to have a look at this property uh, the property was up in Shelburne Ontario <coughs> and um, not knowing where that was and I didn't care it was just this piece of real estate that I could have a look at and there was a possibility of you know getting uh, getting funding to purchase this property and uh, I was doing my numbers see if it, it worked out and turned out that I could I could kind of make it work went up to see this property beautiful century home walk into the house and there's holes in the floors there's supporting walls that have been taken out um, there's no drywall on the walls no drywall on the ceiling there's a sag in the second floor some roof issues some issues with the uh, roof of the extension of the of the house in the back Electrical problems, plumbing, plumbing problems, you name it, this house had the problems. So, in the end, when we got to talking, um, I let the, the gentleman know that you know, I really didn't have any money to put down on this property, which was the reason why I was calling him in the first place. And uh, he said to me, that's no problem. If you qualify to assume the mortgage, the first mortgage, I'll provide a second mortgage and you can have the house. 
So now with the calculations that I did, I figured, okay, if I could get some money together, I could put a down payment and this, that. But then I never really thought about having a house mortgaged 100%. But I was like, hey, if you're willing to do it, I'm willing to do it. The other problem I had was this house was in shambles. And I figured I could fix it myself and with, you know, help from friends and family, uh, keep costs down and uh, could probably renovate it for about $30,000. So I said that to him too. I really don't have the money to, to fix this place. Right, so even if I take it on, you know, just paying the bills to support it until I can fix it is is a nightmare. So and and explain to him, you know, you he doesn't want to be in the same position where he's uh, taking the house back in foreclosure, and I don't want to be in that position either, where I lose it because I can't pay for it. So he proceeded to tell me that he would give me an extra mortgage, which was a connect, uh, construction mortgage of $30,000. So now doing the math in my head, I said, okay, these are three mortgages, 5% a piece. Um, my payments are, you know, coming in, in and around 1200 to... I think it was anywhere $1,200 to $1,400 a month. <clears throat> Did my math, and I said, okay, the only way I can make this work is if I can get um, the construction part of it, the renovation part of it, done with $20,000. And the reason why that, that was my thought, because I had thirty. So if I could pull off renovating it for 20 or even 25, right, in a few months, that means I'd have $10,000 to pay for the mortgages. <clears throat> Meaning that I would, and, and this I'll touch base on another episode on how you can play around with debt. So basically I was paying him with his own money. And it worked out very well. I actually did end up uh, renovating it for $20,000 from top to bottom with uh, a lot of sweat equity and a lot of help from family and friends, which were wonderful in uh, in giving me a hand to do that Um, and well compensated in the end. And where it gets interesting for me, where, where my, my kind of real estate education comes in, I took this house, we renovated it, and we increased the value of it by $105,000. Now, what that means is... Um, so we, we 
once all the mortgages were taken into consideration and all that, we had mortgages of $280,000. Now, with good credit and good standing, you can remortgage a property for 80% of its current value, <coughs> which meant that I could repay the 280000 or at this point would have been a little bit less, and keep the rest. Right? So 80% of 355000 would be 284000 That means a minimum I would make, so earn, $4,000 to put in pocket now because it's debt that doesn't that isn't a capital gain you get to keep that tax free because technically you're repaying it so we ended up doing that instead of selling the home because if I would have sold it I would have had to pay capital gains which wouldn't have been much but why not pay nothing instead of something we ended up keeping the house and we're finding it a little hard to rent it for the price that we wanted, which was around uh, $1,500. So in the end, I ended up renting it for a five-year lease on a lease to own. Now, the people that are in there currently are coming up to maturity and have the chance to actually buy this home at the value of 355000 Now, you're saying, oh, but that was, you know, five years ago. The prices in this, once that price is locked in, it's locked in. I did get worried a little bit when the market was spiking. And reason being is I, I got the house sort of reevaluated. And it came back at about 400000 <clears throat> meaning that I would have left about $40,000 on the table that these people would have got a discount on. Now, when you think about it from, so, and, and, and what, I, what I try to do with my properties is I invest for people to help people out I don't do this for the money the money's good the money helps me live the lifestyle that I would like to live and I and I live and I, that I want to live um, but ultimately I do it for the people whether it's a renter whether it's somebody who's buying the house whether it's somebody who's leasing to own the house um, and there's times I've even I'm, I'm well currently looking into because of the market um, any people that might be in danger of going into foreclosure the other option is for myself to take over that mortgage and be able to pay it and they pay let's say a reduced price of a lease to own to potentially buy their house back um, 
there's all kinds of solutions for people to keep their homes. It breaks my heart that, you know, people are in the position where, and in the danger that they have to lose their house um, because, you know, let's say job has changed, they got fired, they can't afford it anymore. And it's always better to provide a solution than to put somebody on the street. So sorry to get off track there a little bit, but back on onto the property and the people that are living there. These are people that in other means would probably have no chance of um, getting their, their own house to live in because of down payments and, and all of this. So this way it gives them a chance to live in an area they want to live um, and even if there was at the peak of the uh, real estate boom a couple years back, then they would have just bought it at a discount. I would have been happy. I didn't pay anything for the property, so anything I get, I'm happy with. And they're even happier because now they just got a property at a discount. So even if they wanted to sell it or remortgage it, they can make some money. However, the market corrected itself and the the price of the house has stayed about the same, around the 350, 355, 360. So we're back in the same the same scenario. Um, so I'm rooting for them. They're trying to see if they can uh, assume the mortgage and make out with a house that they really want in an area they really they really want to be in seeing as all their family is in that area and everybody <clears throat> goes home with um, goes home with being happy uh, where I benefit as well is is that they'll assume the mortgage is with which is less than the 355 now I could provide them a vendor take back where they pay me as a loan for the balance. Now this loan gets paid to me and it I take it in as an income. So now even though I've sold the house, I'm not actually taking on any capital gains. Right? Because it's still debt to me. I just, I, I pay taxes on an income, which is the lowest income class, or sorry, the lowest tax rate. The capital gain is one of the highest. It's about, you know, 25, 30% um, where, where income is very marginal depending on how much you make. So a point I wanted to make on this was it's very possible to buy a house for nothing if you don't have nothing. What helps is a good credit score. Because if you have a good credit score, anybody will look at it and say, hey, these guys will really make the effort to actually pay this back so I can trust them on assuming the mortgage or giving them another mortgage. Um, the only thing that one really has to do 
is putting the time, the effort, and the hard work to call around to these, you know, uh, second, third mortgage companies and see if they do have properties. Chances are they won't. But you're going to find that one that says, you know what? Yep, I do. Let's see if you qualify. Because I'd love to take it off your hands. And just to further confirm, um, I'm probably going to go this weekend to look at another one, another property that I will probably get for zero money. Just assume the mortgages, own the property, and voila, we're in the, the same boat. Now this one is a little different, it's a commercial property. I gotta make sure I can find some tenants to take over the restaurant first and foremost, and then put out some ads for uh, for um, the uh, actual apartment, residential apartment upstairs. And it's easy enough to do, and I'm, I'm sure I will. And I'll give you an example, you know, how far and out of, out of reach I go. This one's in Beaverton, right? It's about an hour and a half away from me. But in the end, it doesn't matter. Real estate's real estate. If it's in your hometown, if it's close by, or if it's far away. If you can't get to it to manage it, you take into consideration the cost of a management company. And no problem. Off to the races. Right? They take care of it. You just check in with them and make sure they're doing their job. Because there is a lot of horror stories where you know, a management company just takes advantage of it. And uh, I've heard of a story where uh, the management company kept telling the owner that they can't rent the unit. Turns out they were renting it for a year and just taking the money. So be smart. Be aware of your business. Mind your own business. Right? Don't just leave it in somebody else's hands. Because when you do that, if, they, if you think this is a passive business where, you know, you just kind of sit back and, and enjoy the paychecks that come in every month, that's not the case. Be a part of your business if you want it to succeed and if you don't want the horror stories. That's it for me, guys. Thanks for listening to uh, the Real Estate Investor 2020. Have a great day. Stay happy. Stay inspired and motivated. Thank you.